0: Good to Arab Shabbos, everybody. Today is Asara Batebis. We are in partnership with Yigash. And um, we are really happy to be able to learn today. We are going to start off with giving tzedakah. Good day with Tadaka and the Gravis Mr. Ms. Spiro, thank you so much for making this happen. On our Arab Shabbos uh, custom. Yep. You can take it away. All right. Thank you, Etsy. Um I just want to stop for a minute and just say that we did a sicha a while back that is part of the schedule of project this week. And I, I'm assuming Eti is going to put it up onto Spotify and onto all the other, um, I don't know, ways that the sichas go out. And I really encourage everybody to learn it. It's a sicha connected to Sarabateves, which of course is so appropriate for today. And the message is just so beautiful. So we're going to be doing the other Sicha today from Project, but I really want to encourage everyone to go back and check out that one too. So am I correct, Eti, that you're putting that one out there? Yes, I already shared it on all the WhatsApp groups, and I'll put it on the other ways too. Okay. Thank you so much. All right, so today we're going to be doing Chelek Tesvav on page 405, very, very powerful Sicha about perspective and how we view the challenges in our lives, the hard work that goes on in our lives. Um, Etty and I started out this phone call just talking about how very tired we, be, we are, and um, I think this message speaks to all of that. Okay, so final pasuk of this week's Parsha. Let's take a look at the very last pasuk of, this, of Parsha's Vayigash. So it says, Vayeshev Yisrael Be'aretz Mitzrayim. Yisrael dwelt in the land of Mitzrayim. And the, the and, I'm sorry, Aviash, Yisual you Yisual dwelt in the land of Mitzrayim, the Eretz in the land of Geshem, the Achazuvah, and what does this word Ve'yachazuv mean? We'll talk about it in a second. Ve'yifrue Ve'yirbume and they multiplied tremendously. So Rashi, there's two Rashi's on this pasuk. The first one is Vayishav Yisrael Beres Mitzrayim. The Yidden dwelled in the land of Mitzrayim, and Rashi says Vehechan where Mitzrayim, Ve'eretz Geishen in the land of Geishen, Shehe Me'eres Mitzrayim, which is a part of the land of Mitzrayim. And then the second Rashi is a Lashan Achuzah. This term Ve'yachuz means that they took hold of the land. In other words, they sort of acquired this piece of land and they took hold there. So the Rebbe is going to ask a whole bunch of questions on this Pasuk. <coughs> One of the questions the Rebbe is going to ask is that this Rashi, Veya the way that Rashi translates it, which is that they took a hold of it, there is a completely different explanation on those same words that come to us from the Medrash. And the Medrash says almost the exact opposite. The Medrash touches up the word chazu to Malashan Achiza. Malashan Achiza in the sense of holding onto something, forcing something. And the way that the Medrash explains it is that the land itself forced the Yidin to stay there. In other words, the Yidin were no longer in control of themselves and they had no choice but to stay in this land. And the land prevented them from being able to leave. And of course, that's going to eventually turn into the Shibud of Mitzrayim. So the Rebbe's first question is, how can you have Two explanations on the same pasuk, one coming to us from Rashi, the other one coming to us from the Medrash, and they could have such opposite meanings to them. Explanations on the same pasuk in some way have to connect with one another. So how is it possible that within this one pasuk, within this one word, you could have two opposite extremes, where Rashi says that means achuza, um, that they took hold of the land, like almost like they took possession of it, they acquired it, And the measure says that they're being forced, they're being controlled by the land, and the land is controlling them and preventing them from being able to leave. That's going to be the Rebbe's big question. And then the Rebbe focuses on the first Rashi, on the idea that Rashi emphasizes that Geishen is the meaning of what it means that they're part of Mitzrayim and that the Rashi emphasizes that Geishen is specifically part of the land of Mitzrayim. What's the emphasis on you know needing to point out that Geishen is a part of the land of Mitzrayim? We know that Geishen is a part of Mitzrayim. Why does Rashi need to sort of like emphasize that message? And especially if we take a look at the um Hamaskel, which words does Rashi quote from the Pasuk that he's explaining, he doesn't just quote the words Be'aretz Mitzrayim, he starts from the beginning of the Pasuk, Vayeshav Yisrael. In other words, part of Rashi's question that he's questioning here in the Pasuk is what is unusual or what is wrong or what is off about the words Vayeshav Yisrael that the Yidin dwelled in the land of Mitzrayim, emphasizing the words Vayeshav Yisrael. So with all of this together, we have to take a look at what is the bigger issue that's going on over here. And basically the bigger issue is is that we have a very confusing, conflicting situation that's happening as the Izzan come down to Mitzrayim. On the one hand, the Izzan coming down to Mitzrayim is meant to be part of the promise or part of the prediction that Avram Avinu was told by Brisbane Epsarim. And part of that prediction is, is that the Izzan are going to have to go down to a strange land. they are going to have to be a ger in that land. They're going to have to live as strangers in that land. To, in other words, they're going to have to be uncomfortable to some extent. And it has to be in an Eretz Lailahem. It has to be in a land that's not theirs. And in order for them to get to the Taira, in order for them to eventually get to Eretz Canaan, in order for them to get to their eventual real goal, they have to first go through that situation. So this is the question that Rashi is jumping on over here. How can we describe the Yitin here as Vayeshev Yisrael? The word Vayeshev doesn't come across as a ger, doesn't come across as a stranger who's uncomfortable in the situation. We're talking about making ourselves right at home, Taishev, settling there laying down roots, getting very, very comfortable in this place. So that's why Rashi has to emphasize this, the, the emphasis here that this too is Mitzrayim, that Eretz Geishen is Eretz Mitzrayim. That in some way, living in the land of Geishen had to also quote-unquote be a difficult situation for the Yidin or not their place, not a place where they were at home, that this too is Mitzrayim for them. And so the Reb is asking here, where is the suffering or where is the difficulty that the idn't have to go through during these years that they're living in the land of Geishon you know, during the lifetime of, of Yeshif and his brothers, and this is supposed to already be like the fulfillment of the promise of Rishbein Absarim and especially with this explanation that they settle you know, so nicely into the land and then there brings a few very fascinating things, what does it mean that they you know, took hold of the land and the Rebbe actually says that there's different ideas that are brought. One is that when the Yidin um, eventually go with Yehoshua into Eretz and they conquer different parts of the land, and they take control of different parts of the land, the land of Geishen, which was technically over the border in Mitzrayim, ended up being acquired into the area of Eretz and it ended up coming under the control of Shevet Yehuda. So the air, certain cities that were part of the original Geishen actually end up being the Yerusha of the Eden in Eretz Yisrael. So that is already being hinted to here, so to speak. in these words, the Ahazuvah, that they acquired it, meaning it actually ended up becoming the land of the Eden Because those cities that were in the land of Gaishan ended up being acquired within the area of Shevet Yehuda. Another fascinating point. When Sari Imenu went through her horrific story with Pare, where she was taken by Pare, after that story, Pare gave her Eretz Gashen, and it became hers. And if it is hers, she yarshined it to her children. And so Eretz actually belongs to the Yidin. So here we're seeing a very fascinating thing here, of that the land of Gashen, this explanation of the Ya'chuzuva, is that the Yidin really acquired this land, and it actually was theirs. And we actually have sources we actually have backing for the idea that it was theirs. Yehoshua later on takes some of those cities and they become part of Sheva Yehuda. We go backwards in time that Menu acquired this land and it was actually given to her by Parai, and therefore she yarshins it to her children. So we really do have this source of this idea of a Yachazuvah that they actually acquired the land of Geisha. And yet together with it, how does that work with the, um, the rules of Brisbane and in that we have to be in a land loy lahem? Right, and that it has to be difficult, and that it can't just be vayesha v'yisrael. It can't just be a nice settled feeling that the Idle, that the Idle settle down and are doing, you know, you know, relaxing there in the land of Goyishen. So, in order to understand all of this, the rabbit takes us to another way of how we could get through gullus. Go to ice hay on page four hundred eight. Far <clears> varshtein. <throat> Like them, assesses says Mavur and Tara R, it's explained in Tira R, as the Alay Priti Havid of Ingolf all the details of what the Iddin went through Engulf Mitrayim, the Avaida Kasha, Bukhaimer, Ubilavainavigaimer, Zaina Farran, Eichh and Rukhni Stikazin can also be accomplished on a spiritual level. How? In Asa Khatira, by working hard, like almost like slaving away when it comes to one's involvement in Tyra. V'yashetan zayhar, like it says in the zayhar, be'avayda kasha, what was the hard work on a stick level? Zu kushia This is the hard work of asking questions, difficulties, in chaymer. What's this word chaymer? It doesn't just mean when we're talking about making bricks. It's also the idea of ka'v'chaimer, right? That when we learn Tyra, we have to find different ways of learning out the ka'v'chaimer and things. U'belevenim, and what does it mean that they fired up their bricks? Dalibun halacha, um, clarifying the law, right? Like, just like when a person puts something through a fire, they separate the bad from the good and it becomes much more clarified. So the idea of levainim, of bricks that were made with fire, is similar to the idea of really digging deep into your Torah learning until you come out with a clarified halacha. So what do we see here? That the whole idea of a the entire enslavement of Mitzrayim, is able to be accomplished on a level of ruchni, on a level of Torah. If a person chooses to put their strenuous efforts into kashaf and taira, kumter up the mitzvah from golus If a person chooses to put their strenuous efforts into the avodah of Tyra, taira, then that can count instead of the avodah Kasha of mitrayim. And our darv does tan begashmius, and then he doesn't have to do it on a physical level. Like the Mishnah tells us, vidi Mishnah zakt kol hamakabala love ol taira. Vas Dia condemn is oil tyra. The Mishnah tells us if a person takes upon himself the yoke of tyra, then he does not have to take upon himself the yol of darach aretz. I'm sorry, the yol, the oil of darach aretz. He doesn't have to take upon himself the um, difficulty of dealing with parnasa and things like that. What's the trick here? The trick here is that it has to be an oil. That is eivzich mekabel dem yach the de kasha, from tyra. And then is ma'avirim and menu al machos al daracherets. And then he's able to not have to deal with the issues of al machos or al daracherets. So, guess what, everyone? We are meant to work hard. We are meant to have stress. We are meant to be exhausted. We are meant to throw ourselves into the avidah that we're here to do in this world. And of course, all of that imbalance. And that's why we have to have mashbiim who you know, guide us when it is our. Time or not our time, but not to be scared off by throwing ourselves into yegiya, into working hard, because that yegiya itself, in the areas of tyra, in doing the avishar's mission for us in this world, can counteract the need for avayda kasha begashmius. So too can we now explain here when it came to how the Yidin first started out living in eretz How is this the fulfillment? of the system of Brisbane Absarim, that they're meant to be strangers in this land, and it's meant to be a difficult situation. even though they were living in Eretz Gashen, Yisrael un-ufgetan, They were already starting to accomplish what needed to get done through the enslavement of Mitzrayim. How? through working hard in Taira. In them, base HaTalmud was Yaakov Ubanav Haben Ufgestalt. Like we all know from the Pasuk <coughs> of this week's Parsha that Yaakov sent Yehuda up ahead down to Gaishan to do what? To create a yeshiva. So by throwing themselves into the learning of Torah and working hard at the learning of Torah during that time in Gaishan, that was actually already the fulfillment of the prediction of Brisbane Hapsarim that they had to be enslaved in the land of Mitzrayim. And that is what. Um, Rashi in his Yena Shaltira is, is hinting to us when he gives us these words, meaning what happened, how did Gulf Mitzrayim first start out? The Yiddin get into this land, they're settled very nicely, it's not difficult, it's Metava Auritz. It's a very Bagashmi a very positive experience. How were they able to do this? Because they knew that their job here in this land is to work very, 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 very hard at learning the apesters, Taira. And the entire time that they were living in that sort of setting, it was clear that it was their Egen-Elan, it was their land, right? There was no um, challenge to them, that this is the land of the Jewish people. Everyone knew clear and well, they took hold of it, they acquired it. This became the land of Yiddin. How did this happen? Because of their commitment to the hard work of learning the Abishdras Taira. And the entire enslavement, the entire hard work, the entire you know, suffering that the Yidin had to go through was all accomplished through the avayda um, kasha of working hard in Taira. Okay. <clears throat> but, bottom line, we still are left with a little bit of a question here. Because if you remember... Part of Brisbane Absarim is that they have to be in a land that's Hem, that's not theirs. So how does this work? How can they be in Eretz the They ach-zuvah, and they take a hold of it, and it's clear that it's their land, and they control it, and no one in Mitzrayim steps in and tells them one word, and they run it according to their rules, the way that Yedin lived their lives, and they devote themselves to the hard work of doing the Ebeshtar's will in this land. But still, where's the system of Lailahem? So here they are the ads on a fascinating Vart. And the Rebbe says here that what makes it Lailahem, at the end of the day, a Yid knows that there's a higher level that he yearns for, that he wants to get to. And that's the idea of Eretz Yisrael. That's the idea of a land of Tamid Ene Hashem al-Kechaba, Merashis Hashanah v'ad Hashanah that he wants to see the presence of the Abishder clearly revealed. And until he has that, he feels lay lahem. He feels like this land is strange. So as much as Eretz Geisha was under Jewish control, while it's under Jewish control, he still has to recognize, he still has to realize that this is not what it's all about. And this is not what we're satisfied with. And this is not enough. It's not enough until it is revealed clearly. That we're in a place where Tamid Eini Hashem where the presence of the Eibushdar is open and revealed in that place, and as long as Yidin remain aware of that, and they recognize, even while they are controlling Geishen, they recognize that Geishen is not, you know, the be-all and end-all, and they know that there's something more to strive for. Or if I'm going to tighten it up in our words today, that no matter what, we always recognize that we are yearning for the Gula Mitzvah Shlema, for the full revelation of Eloku throughout the entire world, then even in those places where we do take control and we are able to be in charge, even in those areas, we know that it's hem. We know that we have not reached the ultimate, we have not reached the greatest of all, and there's something more that we are striving for. I don't know if any of you saw that video that was going around this week of um, one of the Knesset members, I think a Likud party Knesset member, and she stands up and she says, we have all these false Mashiach that I used to believe in, and I had the false Mashiach of the Oslo Accords and the false Mashiach of the Green Line. And she said, and now I realize that there's one Mashiach that I, that I await. And, you know, here I believe, I'm waiting for the real Mashiach to show up. So that's this message here. That even when Yidin do have control of things, we have to always remember, this is not our ultimate, this is not our full developed land. We're waiting for the 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 moment of tamid ene Hashem alay kechaba, where we're able to see the presence of Hashem fully and totally revealed. So, let's see the process of what happens over here. Go to Eisein. Aber Hagam gam as der an-haib, von zeir, goles, and mitrayim, iz gevenen, eifen, faniach, zuva, kanam, iz aber dasa lein, shayin, gevenen, ayerida, okay. lagabe, zeir, matze, v'madrega, beyes, zein, gevenen, eretz, kanam. So although the Yidin were living in Geishen and they were living in a setting where they fully controlled that land, nobody challenged them. It was clear that it was their land and they were able to fully devote themselves to the Ebesher's Taira. But at the same time, it didn't compare to the experience of being in Eretz Yisrael. The Ace, they and I'm sorry, undas hat gegeben an Eretz a zayzon shpeter darfan And being in that kind of setting is what eventually led to them sort of like falling off the you know, falling off the track and losing their commitment to the Abishers Taira and then, unfortunately, being um, susceptible to the full physical Golas of Mitzrayim. Thus, das heißt, in other words, what happened? As nach der der kufa, After this first era went, went by, in other words, we started out in Eretz Gaishan. It was clear that although we were settled there and although we controlled the area and although it was metzev Haaretz, although it was the good of the land and things were going very, very well, it was clear that it was not time to relax. It was time to work hard in our relationship with Hashem. It was time to work hard when it came to the learning of Taira. But bottom line, they were in Eretz Gaishan, And because they were in Eretz and clarity wasn't so clear, what ended up happening is those voices who were the strong voices of Yosef and his brothers eventually passed away. That whole generation passed on. dem What happened when that generation passed away? The devotion to the hard work in Tyra, In the yeshiva of Yaakov and his sons what ended up happening, they started to forget that we are meant to be uncomfortable in this land. We're not meant to feel happy here. We're meant to realize that this is an Eretz leilahem. We're not meant to be satisfied with what Gation has to offer. So, um, weakening the learning of Taira also weakened the realization or the recognition or the awareness that this is not home sweet home, that we need to strive for something more and something greater and, a, and a, the ultimate revelation of Eloquus in this world. And as soon as they were susceptible in that way, that's what ended up causing the full um, uh, physical enslavement and suffering that Eidan went through in Mitzrayim. So this is what Rashi is hinting to in his Pasuk when he says, "Gaishen, what's Geishen? Gaishen is Eretz Mitrayim. And what he's saying is that when people are in a situation of Geishen, meaning where we have metava Eretz, it's the good of the land, we're in control of the situation, no one's challenging us, but under those circumstances, if we don't keep mindful that this is not the ultimate moment, if we don't keep mindful that this is not what it's about, if we don't keep mindful that there's something more we need to be striving for, we want to get to Eretz Yisrael. We want to be in a place of Enei Hashem alekechaba. We want to see a locust before our eyes. And we want to devote ourselves therefore at this time to the yagia, to the effort of being involved in the Eretz Tirah, then this Eretz Geishon is really Eretz Mitzrayim. This Eretz Geishon leaves us susceptible to the full physical enslavement that goes on in Mitzrayim. So before we go into the next um, piece of the sikh, I just want to stop here and give everyone a moment to try to think about what are areas in our ruch vaida, in our shlichas, taking care of our families, taking care of you know, uh, whatever ways that we are there to, to teach Tyra, to strengthen Tyra, to spread Tyra, to be uh, a voice and a light of Tyra. And those things can sometimes feel like a yach, and they can sometimes feel like hard work. And let's remember that that hard work is the hard work that is there for us to embrace for us to rejoice in, for us to be so grateful that we have that opportunity to do. And instead of seeing it as something that's taking away from things in my life, to realize that this is what saves me from enslavement to, to parai on a physical level. So instead of rejecting it, we can throw ourselves into it and you know rejoice in, in being able to have it. And to also always remember that what we're really aiming for is we want Mashiach now. And not to be satisfied with any lower levels of accomplishment, of control, of taking land or anything of that sort. We're still left with our bottom line question, which is how do the two different explanations, the explanation of Rashi and the explanation of the Medrash, how do they blend together on the meaning of this word, Ve'ya So just to review one more time, what are the two different meanings? Rashi says that it means, Ve'ya that they took control of the land. And the Medrash says that it means the land controlled them and forced them and held them, um, you know, enslaved or stuck in the land of Mitzrayim. And so the Rebbe ends off by saying something very beautiful, that really these two are very, very tied to each other. Because bottom line, this idea of being able to take control of the land and um, taking a huza, right, t- yarshining it, and being the one to inherit this land, which is what eventually happened, that the Yidin actually you know, did inherit these cities of Gresham. On a ruchmistic level, that corresponds to the idea that we are meant to go around and elevate certain sparks here in this world. We are Esav's brother. Esav is representative of the world of Taihu. And Yaakov, as his brother, are here to inherit the sparks from the world of Taihu. In other words, we have a mission in this world where we have to get sent into all kinds of random and complicated situations. And the reason why we end up in those situations is because we have a mission in that place to inherit those sparks, to take control of them, and to make them part of the Jewish way of living. What's the way of doing this? So the way of doing this is that we have to go through achiza. We have to go through being controlled by that situation. In other words, we end up enslaved in the land, and through being enslaved in that land, we inherit that land. So the message here is that when we are in a situation where we look like we're being controlled, and we look like we're being dictated to, and we look like we're going through a very, very difficult time, we have to see in it the opportunity that this is Hashem's way of putting us in a setting where we're going to be able to yarshin, we're going to be able to release the sparks that are necessary in that situation, and to know and to keep our eye focused on that goal and that mission, that this whole process of going through the achiza, of going through being, you know, forced to be in this situation, is Daska to come out with Yerusha, is dafka to come out with, you know, taking over whatever that situation may be. So whether this is the Jewish people as a whole, with what we're going through right now, or each person individually, any situation where you feel like you're being controlled by that situation and you feel, you know, stuck or whatever it might be, to recognize in it that in that moment, the Abister is planting opportunities for you to be able to elevate sparks, to be able to yarish in something and, you know, uplift something in a way that you would not have had the opportunity to do if you weren't going through that circumstance, if you weren't going through that situation. And the bottom line goal is, is at the end of the day, we come out with tremendous wealth. Wealth unfathomable. Wealth we could never have imagined that we could have accomplished and we could have achieved in any other way. So going into Shabbos, coming from Asar we want to, number one, say, we want Mashiach now. We're not going to be satisfied with Eretz Gashen. We want Eretz Yisrael. We want to see the Ebeshter fully revealed we want to see goodness fully revealed. We want to see the ultimate goal. And we're not going to be scared of throwing ourselves into the oil tyra, right, taking on the hard work of carrying out the Ebushar's mission in this world. And instead, that itself we know is what enables us to elevate those sparks to bring out the purpose of why we go through these moments in Mitzrayim in Geishon. We want Mashiach now. Have a good Shabbos. Amin. Have a good Shabbos. Thank you so much.